how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. This episode is brought to you by IronJohnGear.com. In between your creative pursuits, make sure to check out Iron John Gear for top apparel, footwear, fitness items, outdoor supplies, sports gear, and much more. Visit the website for top deals on things like lanterns, backpacks, tents, snow clothing, bomber hats, sunglasses, fishing gear, and more. Visit ironjohngear.com today and save money on your next adventure. In addition to Iron John Gear, make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. Joe Kelly came up with the idea for I Kill Giants during a visit to the hospital. In the movie, Barbara Thorson struggles through life by escaping into a fantasy life of magic and monsters, but there's much more to the story. Kelly is the writer behind cartoons and comics like Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Deadpool, Ben 10, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. In this interview, the writer talks about having the nugget of an idea and allowing his mind to free flow the importance of thorough outlines, what it's like to collaborate on a comic book, and the divide between education and information when writing for young readers. Well, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to draw comics, actually, um, and uh, studied art for a little while and, and could not quite get myself over the hump to, <laughs> to consider myself a professional. Um, and then in terms of writing, I, uh, I was going to school. I was at NYU uh, getting my master's in screenwriting, and Marvel Comics started a workshop for new talent, and I met the editors there and, and got offered a job. And um, being a writer, uh, graduating and walking into a job was pretty fantastic. So I'm like, yes, I want to write comics. Um, but I always had a deep love for the medium. I mean, I, I loved superheroes growing up. Spider-Man's always been my favorite character, etc. So once I kind of got to know the nuts and bolts of how it was done, um, I really fell in love with the medium. I mean, I'm, uh, film film always sings to me, and it's it's kind of my you know my big dream. But I've I've really found a home in in comic book storytelling and, and writing graphic novels, and uh, and I love it. You know, it's the sort of thing I imagine I will I will always do, kind of uh, no matter what else I'm working on. Most of our listeners are likely novice screenwriters or novice authors. With a comic book, do you kind of begin in the same place? You start with a storyboard, an outline, or a visual. So my my process in general um, it does it changes a little bit from 
project to project. But I'm a structure guy. I was taught structure. Uh, I think that's really critical because anytime I ignore structure, I I get lost in the weeds. Um, So once I have sort of the initial idea, character, spark, image, you know, the the nugget that makes you want to pursue the story, um, I sort of let myself kind of free flow and gather ideas and see how long that takes. But then I start breaking it down into, you know, proper three-act structure, even if it's an ongoing series or um, it doesn't matter if it's a graphic novel or a movie or whatever. I I like to have that structure so I, I know what I'm heading towards. And then if I find out it's going to be an ongoing or uh, sort of the middle could accordion. Then, then it becomes individual arcs that then I apply structure to afterwards. So, you know, just from a nuts and bolts perspective, it's, you know, initial uh, inspiration. I do a breakdown outline. Um, they've gotten a lot longer as I've gotten farther along in my career because I like them to be more thorough. And then it's, many drafts, as many drafts as necessary to get the thing done. With comics, the nice thing is that because you're handing it off to an artist, you sort of have multiple bites at the apple, and that collaboration is so direct that you can talk the script through, you can explain everything, you know, if if you didn't convey it 100%, you can tell them what's coming down the road. Uh, it's not like with a film you don't get to sit with the art department and, and and every grip and everybody sitting there and saying, this is what I really need from you in that moment. So it's um, you have a little bit more opportunity to uh, – you can be a little looser, I guess, in a comic than you can in the other uh, other medium. I think I heard Kevin Smith kind of describe specifically Marvel Comics as kind of the modern mythology. When you're writing for young adults or even children in some cases, are you consciously thinking about a balance between – uh, entertainment and education, or at least virtues, when you're writing a comic book. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I do, um, and we we do that in animation as well. You know, we um, uh, my company, Man of Action. You know, we created Ben Ten, and um, we're doing a Mega Man show, and uh, created the characters in Big Hero Six. It's like it's something that we're very conscious of when we break stories that they have a theme. You know, that they're not, we love thrill rides and we want people to have a good time, but we want to make sure that some sort of theme is being conveyed to the younger audience. Um, otherwise, it, you know, feels kind of empty. And then in my work, personal work, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for the emotional grit uh, that's going to really stick to the reader, whether it's uh, for very young kids. I've written a couple of uh, children's books. Um, some of them are more on the nose as far as what they're about than others maybe, but they're, they have very strong lessons. You know, I hate to use that word, but that is what I think they should be. Uh, I hope they're entertaining and I know the art's beautiful. Um, but I want, I want kids to come away from the, the work, you know, armed with a little extra something, whether it's a, you know, a new idea about the world or, um, uh, I don't, virtue is a really strong word, but uh, it would be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice to think somebody walked with that. Um, and and with giants specifically, you know, I didn't really set out thinking it was a it was like of it as a YA project. Um, it sort of evolved that way, which has been lovely. I mean, it's you know we have readers and of all stripe that come over to the booth at, at a comic con and. You know, it doesn't matter, men, women, young, old, who've read the book and are and are huge fans. 
but it's being taught in more schools, which I find amazing, and and being held in libraries. And um, so when young people find it, I feel like they uh, they walk away from it, you know, with a little bit more confidence and a little bit more faith. And no matter how awkward or strange they feel, or no matter what they're facing down, whatever their giant has to be, they're a lot stronger and more resilient than they think they are. Um, if they, if somebody comes away with that, I'm, I'm a happy camper. I did my job. I Kill Giants has been named one of the top 10 great graphic novels for teens. Tell us a little bit about that original idea and how it eventually found its way into a movie. So, I mean, this is slightly spoilery, so I don't know if you're, if you're, so the, you know, the genesis of the, of the project was, um, basically my, my dad, uh, had gotten diabetes and, was in the hospital for a long time and he lost a leg and um, it was sort of a shock, you know, it took a long time to sort of process it. And I had never really thought about the mortality of my, my parents at all. And, you know, I'm an adult man and I'm married and I have kids and, and it sort of triggered this sort of cascade of uh, thinking about mortality and then thinking about my daughter. Uh, I have a son and a daughter and she was kind of a uh, young, precocious, kid and who I was trying to make into a nerd uh, and showing her, you know, superhero stuff and, and all the movies I like. And so Giants sort of grew out of what would happen, you know, if a girl like her was confronted with something really large in her life, um, but had this kind of very sharp fantasy driven kind of uh, background. And that that was really where it started, um, and then sort of took on a life of its own. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the origin of of the Eichel Giant story. I mean, I literally wrote the thing. I took my dad to phys- physical therapy. He was learning how to use an artificial leg, and on a yellow pad, wrote the whole outline in one shot. I just kind of knew it, and the story really barely deviated from that nine pages longhand writing session, you know, the hour, hour and 20 minutes, whatever it was, um, took course over the next bunch of months to actually turn into a script. But, um, yeah, that was where it came from. And, and it's been constantly fed by my real life experiences. My wife is a guidance counselor and her maiden name is Molay. So she Miss Molay in the movie. Um, she helped me sort of flesh out the relationship between a counselor and a student um, it's all all stuff from my from my life, just put through the lens of uh, this girl's experience, you know, and this character. So there's some great special effects in this movie. Technology seems to have caught up with film as far as turning comic books into movies. Um, is there anything you think that can't be adapted, or is there a different type of emotion that you're hoping? Hopefully, you know, some moviegoers go to comic books, and comic book people go to movies, and vice versa. But is there something different that you experience when reading an actual paper comic book? I definitely feel that comics are a very intimate medium. You know, almost immediately, like when you when you picture that, when you talk to somebody about their relationship to a comic, even though this is a totally outdated sort of reference, I I think of like myself, like the kid under the blanket with the flashlight reading a comic, you know, reading like a superhero comic, this idea that you get enveloped in that world um, is very strong. And I don't, I don't think that's gone away through the advent of expanding 
um, from superheroes into other genres that American comics have finally caught up to. You know, Image is putting out so much great stuff. I mean, all the, all the companies are doing really cool stuff, but, I, you know, stuff that's just not the big two superheroes um, I find, you know, fascinating and really compelling. And uh, I don't know, there's, there is something about the connection that you make as a reader, because even though you've got images in front of you, you're 100% filling in the blanks. You're filling in what happens in between the panels. You're filling in what happens when you turn a page. Um, you read at your pace, which is really critical. You're not watching a film and keeping up with the pace of, of an editor. So, uh, and you can go back. You know, did I miss something? Did I? Is there a detail? I, so you can deep dive uh, with a comic and a graphic novel in a way that um, other other mediums don't allow for easily. Um, so it's it's a really special connection. Um, I, and I, I love it. I mean, and, and it's it's obvious, it's apparent when you meet fans, and especially the I Kill Giants fans who come over and, you know, within five minutes, we're both crying as a booth talking about whatever experience sort of the book evoked in them and reminded them in their life. Uh, it's it's pretty powerful. Um and I'm, I'm, I don't doubt that the same thing can happen with a film. We've had, we've had it happen, actually, at, at the screenings so far where people have come over afterwards and started talking. And um, it's, it's a different kind of uh, relationship. It still in, in, envelops you, I think, um, for sure. I, I know it because I've seen it. Uh, you know, you get pulled into the world of the film. But because you don't have that control, it's just a slightly different uh, experience, I think. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.